Blog Talk Radio. about what a church hurt is and we said that church hurt is some type of pain that was inflicted by an individual in the church or inflicted by a leader in the church. This mistreatment was the result of an individual seeking some a need, needing support or just seeking spiritual empowerment or spiritual guidance. And the result was that they were somehow weakened or undermined in their spiritual empowerment. And some examples of uh, church hurts we recall were uh, shaming or silencing, discrimination, manipulating, or using scripture to justify uh, one's actions. Tonight we're going to deal with the same topic, but we want to expand it and looking at how our beliefs, our spiritual beliefs can actually hurt us and how our beliefs can heal us. So our topic is beliefs that hurt and beliefs that heal. And once again, we have Elder Corinne Anderson who is on the line, and she's going to uh, help us to understand the depths of a church hurt and also help us to understand how uh, our beliefs can heal us. She is a graduate of of Loyola University's pastoral care program. She is a church elder. But before we bring her on, I was just thinking about this topic because I am am familiar with being hurt uh, in the church. And I was remembering this sermon that someone let me listen to, and the topic was called Simple Faith. At that time, I was just praying and asking the Lord for guidance and direction concerning whether to leave or whether to stay at my particular church. So I wasn't able to find that sermon or that transcript, but I ran across this uh, reading from In Touch Ministries, Dr. Charles Stanley. And that reading kind of spoke to this topic for tonight. 
and I want to just read it to you briefly. It's called Something to Savor, written by Jamie Hughes. It says, oftentimes, the best things are also the simplest. Take a basic pan sauce. For instance, it starts with nothing more than a few scraps of meat and fat in the bottom of a pan. But add some beef stock, wine, butter, and aromatic herbs. Give it time to simmer, and voila, you have an intensely flavorful reduction. The French call it fond, a word that means base or bottom. And that is precisely what it is. To create this culinary triumph, non-essential components must vanish, carried away on clouds of steam. What remains is the highly concentrated essence of the dish, food stripped down to its fundamental flavors. Faith is that way too. Like novice cooks who toss ingredients in by the handful, we think more is better. So we pile on the rules and requirements, adding one after another until belief, something that should be pure, becomes cloying and unpalatable. However, when we remove the ornate complications of religious ceremony, trim off the fat of legalism, boil away watered-down dogma, and toss out the stale, tasteless demands of social conformity, we are left with fond, the foundation of our faith. And it is rich, delicious, and nourishing. Simple faith, that's what God really wants of us. But somehow man has placed upon us religion, rules, uh, ideas that cloud the simple beliefs that God wants us to be left with and it makes us makes it difficult for us to really have a clear picture of who God really is. So tonight we're talking about beliefs that hurt and beliefs that heal. And we talked about the statistics that tell us that one out of three adults are unchurched, which means that they had not attended a religious service in the past six months. And out of the unchurched, 53% have distanced themselves from either Protestant or Catholic faith after having been associated at one time. And then we found out that 37% of them said that they avoid churches because of negative past experiences in churches or with church people. So we have a huge problem in our nation regarding the unchurched and beliefs that separate people from faith. 
So tonight I want us to kind of just dialogue about some of our views that have hurt us or maybe views that have hurt those that we love and we find ourselves uh, in a situation where so many of us don't attend church or so many of us have distorted views that we can never embrace the truth of God's word. We can never receive the love. We can never receive the healing and deliverance that we need um, when we are connected with God with, and with the people of God. So I want to uh, invite Elder Anderson to uh, come on the line and just uh, dialogue with us around this topic of church hurts. Elder Anderson, are you on the line? I'm here. Welcome. Welcome to our show. And your your comments from last week were so resounding and people seemed to resonate so much with what uh, you were talking about. So we uh, were asked to repeat this topic and go into a little more detail on this issue of hurts, uh, beliefs that hurt us and beliefs that heal. So is there anything, um, an opening comment that you'd like to make before we get into some specific beliefs that uh, can hurt us. I really enjoyed the article that you read from In Touch magazine. I thought that was such a wonderful depiction of what simple faith should be uh, as it relates to something that I enjoy, which is cooking, and just taking mm. it down to the basics or the base of of something and having those Sometimes people want to discard those pan drippings, but that is what the foundation of faith is, the simplicity, and then we build upon that as the Lord will direct us. But I love the foundation of it. You know, don't throw what's in the bottom of the pan away because it doesn't look like it's, it's not the meat yet, but it's very important to the flavor and the essence of what you're of what our faith is. Amen. Yeah, that that analogy struck me because at the time that I was introduced to this message on simple faith, I began to feel like a heavy load had been placed upon my back and the the freedom, you know, that I once had in Christ, I no longer felt that because of the the rules, the dogma, the legalism. And thank God that he brought about peace and freedom from man's uh, beliefs. And I was able to find my way back to God, the true God, who says that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I want us to help some people who might be feeling the weight of religion or legalism or some toxic belief that prevents them from having a a free and loving relationship with God. I want to ask one question. I want to throw one one belief out there, and I want us to talk about that one, because I have run into so many people in my experience who believe that my prayers weren't answered because I'm not spiritual enough. My, 
you know, my child didn't get healed or, you know, I, I my marriage wasn't saved, wasn't uh, saved or, you know, I didn't get that job because I didn't pray hard enough or I'm not spiritual enough. Is that a belief that you have encountered in your work with people? Definitely. Oh, yeah, and that's such a weighty thing on the hearts of people when they don't uh, see the answer to a prayer uh, that they were sincere about. And, you know, I can kind of relate to that personally. Uh, Many of you may know or may not know, uh, but almost 12 years ago when my husband, Deacon Anderson, had a stroke, a very serious stroke that uh, eventually led to his uh, passing. And I stood in complete faith, not wavering, and the end result was he didn't uh, survive. He went home to be with the Lord. And I questioned the Lord about that. I'm like, well, what happened, Lord? You knew I was unwavering in my faith, and yet you took him home. And the Lord said to me, And I didn't charge God foolishly, but he said to me, it wasn't just your prayer. It was him saying, I want to go home. But even before the Lord gave me that answer that my husband was ready to go, I was very respectful in something that I did not understand. I was not, I didn't charge God foolishly. And, but that, that came from years of me really trusting the Lord. But a lot of times, People, when you don't spend that time with the Lord to develop that relationship with them, uh, those kinds of things, you have to trust him even when you don't get the answer that you desired. Because sometimes God's ways of doing things will not line up with what your expectation was for a particular petition. But that does not mean that he is not a faithful God. That means that in that situation, you have got to completely trust him. I mean, that that whole thing can really take us into a lot of different directions this evening. But just for the sake of time, I'm just saying that that's when you really have to trust God. That even yes. when a prayer did not get answered, don't charge him foolishly. You've just really got to stand in faith and trust yeah. Amen. I think for those who are babes in Christ, those who are less mature, uh, cannot grasp that response. Because exactly. if you're yeah. in a system where you're taught, you know, if you just pray and pray and God will answer your prayers, yes, God does answer our prayers, but God is in charge. You know, you know he's sovereign. He can do what he wants to do, when he wants to do it, and how. And we can uh, bring God to our level. You know, we can reduce God to what we believe. And I think it's so important that we begin to teach the truth of God's word, that God doesn't heal everybody. And it doesn't mean that your faith is weak. It means that God is in charge and that we have to accept what God allows. 
and you know, I can relate to to that belief also, Elder Anderson. I um, you know, when I was married, I you know that God was going to keep my marriage. You know, I was never one who got married, you know, expecting divorce and no. But I prayed and I thought, you know, took it to the Lord in prayer and we went to counseling and, you know, I just did everything that I knew to do. I, you know, read the book, The Power of a Praying uh, Wife. And so I did everything that I could to save it. But God did not allow uh, the marriage to, to remain intact. And I struggled with it. You know, I struggled with it. I said, well, God, you know, you allow some people's marriage, people who don't even know you, don't have a relationship with you, don't pray, you know, like I pray. Uh, but uh -huh. you save their marriages. You you cause them to reconcile. But what about mine? And so eventually oh. God shared with me, my grace is sufficient. And I had to accept that. That was his answer. That right. no, I, but but my grace is going to keep you. You know, my grace is going to sustain you. And then you know, this walk, just trust that I am enough. My grace is enough. And so, and I, you know, so that mm -hmm. after you know, questioning and, and and suffering, that I had to come to that place to hear God. Tell me about his grace. And what I want to say. Interject, I just wanted to interject real quickly that even in those times when we don't get the desired answer that we seek, it is us choosing to trust the Lord that we are building our spiritual muscles to for greater things. You may not be able to see it during that time, because it does hurt, our hearts are hurting. But as you keep on trusting God, you're really building your muscles up in your faith. And that's how it happens. It happens because we didn't, I mean, because, I mean, it would be so easy for every prayer to be answered. That's great. But yes. you don't always learn what you need to learn that way. Sometimes because God knows, way more than any of us, and he wants us to be proven in our faith uh, so he can see what's in our heart like he did the children of Israel. I need to see what's in there. And it's mm -hmm. through those times when those answered prayers don't happen that we really have to stand in faith and flex our muscles, and that's how it comes. And And, and as you're saying, I'm just thinking about, those, you know, we, we are in different eras in the church, you know, and there was one era where it was name it, claim it, you oh, know, yeah. blab it. That, that faith, faith era where people just thought that you could just name and claim anything and expect God to provide it. And... You know, we we have have reduced God to Santa Claus. Like, yeah. you know, if you ask God for something, uh, required to do it. And so many people, you know, were deceived and were hurt because they 
you know, they uh, danced around and laid hands on that vehicle and never got it. You know, they, they walked around mm-hmm. that, that house and never got it. You know, they claimed these mates and never got them. And then they were falsely uh, angry with God. Mm-hmm. And that's very a very hurtful belief that's, that's not like the God that I know. You know, he just doesn't give us everything that we want. He's a God that teaches us to be responsible, to teach us to to pay your bills and to, you know, teach us to uh, trust him and, you know, have enough maturity to wait. If he says no, we have to trust him. If he says wait, we have to wait on him. But but I think, you know, some uh, doctrines can create this sense of entitlement among uh, believers. Oh yeah. That. Amen. And what about? There's another uh, belief that can cause us to uh, have immense pain. The belief that if I have God, I don't need anybody else. You know, even the song that was written, long as long as I've got King Jesus. I don't need anybody else. Sometimes <laughs> our, our song can have these beliefs that can actually hurt us. You know, so I have a, I have another song for you, Doctor Rose. It says, okay. "No, no man is an island. <laughs> Amen. No, no, no man, man stands alone. And stands alone." Yeah, and so, you know, I run into people who really believe that, that, you know, we hear and we believe and we know it's true that, you know, God plus one is a majority that's true. However, you know, God put us in community. You know, he, he, he wants us to assemble ourselves together with those of like mind, and, uh, you know, God uses people to uh, manifest his will and sometimes we can separate ourselves you know from people and you know just uh, go to islands uh, among ourselves and just seek God and, and believing that whatever we need we can get it that way now what are your thoughts on that that whole belief I think that's a that's a very dangerous one there are let me see this there are Seasons where the Lord may have us to separate ourselves for a season so that he can minister his truth to us. But when we begin to become hermits, when we begin to completely uh, see everyone else as a problem to uh, contaminating your faith, then you're you're kind of uh, going out into some dangerous waters because, like you said, we were not meant to be to be alienated in our faith. In, in fact, we strengthen one another um, when we come together. We're strengthening. We get we gain strength from one another. So to uh, separate yourself and to believe that. If I'm around others, then I'm going to get contaminated. Then I would say uh, your Holy Spirit is not 
you need to get a new, you need to get the real one because Jesus went where the sinners were. He went, he uh, had himself in a lot of different settings. So to separate yourself or to alienate yourself away from others with the, with the thought that if I'm around other people, they're going to contaminate me is really not healthy. That's not healthy. Um, but there are seasons when the Lord will call us away where we need to, you know, be in prayer or maybe fast or go on a personal retreat. Those things are great, but that is not all the time. Amen. I agree with that. And I also uh, want to add that if we are not exposed to other believers, then how can we uh, test out our own faith? If we are constantly around those who who believe the same thing, then when we step outside of our circle, then we cannot influence anybody else. Or are we able to begin to even challenge uh And I think that's how toxic faith systems develop when we're so close that we are fearful of uh, visiting another church or visiting another denomination or believing that only my church has the truth. Mm -hmm. And that's Yeah. It's a dangerous belief and it's limiting. You know, God can't be placed in a box, but yet we we place him in a box and never uh, expose ourselves to other beliefs that can enhance, you know. Yeah. We, when okay. we are too fearful of listening to other beliefs, we're saying that, you know, our beliefs are fragile. You know, how... Right. Yes. If you are afraid <laughs> to hear other ideas, and that's a closed system where nothing can come in, you know, and nothing can can go out to affect change. And unfortunately, Dr. Rose, I have uh, been in services down through the years where you have you see that where the people kind of give you a cold shoulder because you're not a part of their group, their clique, their church clique. Um, You don't dress the way we dress or you don't praise the way we praise or you don't, I mean, it's just, and to see how the uh, mindset of a whole congregation has been, Controlled, and it really does become come down to mind control. That here we are worshiping the same God, loving the same Jesus, and yet you're looking at me like I'm your enemy because your your belief system has been tainted. Amen. Yeah, I um can I can relate to. Just that idea that it's harmful to visit other churches or other denominations because 
there was always this criticism of other denominations. And so it, it brought about this fear that, you know, maybe if I listen, then, you know, I might be influenced negatively by some other belief. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it wasn't until I was able to visit other places and, and, and listen to other beliefs that I was able to grow and understand, you know, how vast God is and how he has so many believers in different places who are... Yes, he does. Yes, he does. ...doing life and who are who have peace and not uh, weighted down because of a doctrine or dogma. And that's liberating. That was liberating for me to see that okay. just... They didn't speak in tongues. It doesn't mean that they uh, aren't saved or that they don't love God. So true. I think one of the uh, the Lord had me to take a a PowerPoint class. This has been a long time ago, and catching the light rail out to um, Harmonium years ago. And I met a young lady who was in that class, and we I didn't know that she was in that class. So we started to talk, but she was in a Catholic church. So now my persuasion at the time said, you know, they don't love God and blah, 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 whatever. Anyway, it was me meeting this young lady, and we began to talk about the things of God. And it was like a portal from the, the heavenlies opened up as this young woman began to share her heart, and there was, for me, I know intimacy with the Father because I have that. But this girl knew God in such a deep way that I it just, it just shot everything that I thought and believed up until that time out of the water. And here I'm sitting in, like, the presence of God as she was speaking. It just, it just really tore to shreds what I previously thought. And and she said, God has me there at my particular church, uh, and I can't go because he has a word for me to do there to let people know who he is in a deeper way. And I was like, just like you, having been exposed to others and seeing that we can't continue on with that kind of thinking because it really limits our perspective of who he is and who he's able to use whenever he wants to. It's not just um, us four and no more. He, he has children everywhere, and they know him. Hallelujah. They know him. Wow. Yes, yeah, I think it's just so liberating to know that you know, you can fellowship with, with other believers. You know, you can have friendships with those who who don't who, who are not of your particular uh, denomination, but you can still uh, receive from each other and can build each other up and, and can help each other to grow spiritually because yes. in the body of Christ, we need each other. You know, the, uh, the eye is not... Any, any more important than the ear, the arm is no uh, more important than the leg. 
So God has believers everywhere who has something that can help us to be better, to to, to grow and to be, you know, more effective in our walk. So that's, uh, you know, one of those toxic beliefs that that I've had to uh, recognize and, and begin to dispel that God, you know, he's bigger than we make him out to be. And those who reduce God, you know, to their own particular church are, are limiting those who might be able to receive from whoever God chooses to use to bless you. Amen. You know, there's a there was a a theory that we uh theorist that we looked at at Loyola helps us to understand uh, religious problem solving. And you might remember him, uh, Kenneth Pargament. And he kind of looked at how do we approach God when we have a problem, when we have, you know, unresolved issue. How do we approach God? And basically he said there were three ways that people approach God. You know, one way is the deferring where we just say, well, God, he'll handle it, you know, just, you know, give it to him and God will, he'll handle it. That's the deferring way. Then there's the uh, the way that says, well, you know, God gave me common sense and I know the word of God and I can just go and do this myself, you know. So it's that uh, self-directive. I can handle this. God gave me wisdom and knowledge, and I can do it. You know, then there's the collaborative approach where the belief is that God and I together, we can resolve this. You know, we can, you know, make this happen, the collaborative approach. But mm-hmm. I've heard people, uh, many people who are, who are of the deferring mindset, you know, just give it to the Lord you know, and leave it there, you know, and there's a truth, there's some truth in that. Take it to the Lord and leave it there. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. <laughs> and then, you know, you're waiting, you're just waiting and waiting. You're not doing anything, but just waiting for God to do it. You know, you you have a mercy yeah. problem. I'll just let God, let God solve this uh, marital issue. <laughs> You know, so you... I, I think the, the, the people have to consider the situation because all um, all pro- approach you can't just use one pro- approach for every situation, and I think sometimes people will get stuck with one, and that's how they get uh, defeated in their walk because they're using the one-size-fits-all approach uh, for handling situations, and the defer would be one that someone would, would use repeatedly. I like that. One-size-fits-all approach. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I, I've, I've seen that even in dealing with mental health issues. You know, people... Uh, will say, well, just pray about it, you know, 
they look at it as, you know, we just have to fast and pray while that individual is suffering with depression or anxiety. And yes, pray, but also take that individual to counseling. Take them to get some help if they need some medication. So it's, yeah, let's pray about it, but also let's do something about it. Let's go and seek some help because God, he's working with you and he's directing you to the place to go to get some help. So in that instance, yes, we are partners with God to promote healing. You know, it's not, you know, just pray about it, but let's pray and take some action as well. Yeah, that's without work. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You know, I'm I'm thinking about, you know, the scripture that tells us that, you know, we have to work work out our salvation. You know, so that says that there's something that we have to do, you know, in in this walk in this life, and not just say, well, just give it to God and just let Him. Handle it. I think a lot of times we we come to these uh, various mindsets because we permit ourselves to really not be intimate with God. Because you begin to you you certainly will never know all there is to know about God, but you will begin as you spend time with God and as you're intimate with Him you'll begin to have his mind, get his heart, and begin to be directed in different situations to respond differently. Uh, instead of the, the one size fit all, you begin to know God in a different way, and you're listening to the Spirit to give you uh, some direction as it relates to that particular situation and you're just trusting him because what he did the last time, he may not use that today. So you really should not permit yourself to get into a place of frustration because you thought he was going to do it this way and he did it another way. So as you're becoming more intimate with God, you're not trying to put him in a box. And it really, this faith walk, and I'm liking it, and I'm going to give this illustration real quick. I love illustrations. But the Lord gave me this illustration at Walmart or any supermarket. If you know how they have, like, the frozen food section where you get the little luncheon entrees and so forth, in Colorado, when you're walking down that aisle, the light lights up where you're standing. If you go backwards, then that light will light up. But if you're going forward, then the next light, lights up, but it, you only get illumination where you're standing. And that's what the Lord said to me. I need you to trust me. You don't know the light has not lit, has not lit up 10 more uh, cabinets down at the supermarket. But right where you are, this is what you have. You need to trust me right here because this is all you have. You can think about what I've done in behind you. But right now, this is where you are. You have illumination. So it really kind of causes us to begin to trust God in complete faith because I don't know what the next step will be. 
I have to stay where I am and move and to get that illumination. Wow. Thank you, Lord. I like that. I like that illustration. I want to raise our last uh, belief, and then we'll open up the lines for, for any questions or any comments. And this belief, you know, has gotten many of us into trouble, have caused many of us to be sick, uh, burnt out, stressed. The belief that it's selfish to get my needs met. That, you know, I have to put God first, others second, and then me last. Dangerous. And I want it's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Can you share with us your beliefs around that particular uh, toxic belief that we've grown up with, you know. Oh, yeah. If you want to be my disciple, deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. You know, it's scriptural. It so, is. So how can we really, you know, dig into the the word of God and rightly divide it so that we're free and not not hindered? That's unfortunately um, people in their effort to uh, be humble by denying themselves. And I mean, the scripture does say that, but there is that other side of denying ourselves where it looks spiritual to put yourself at the bottom of a list or not even put yourself on the list. Um, to have your needs met, and you're you're so busy giving to others, and it just seems like, oh, that is just so awesome, so spiritual, that you never think about yourself, that you never take care of yourself. You're always giving. But to me, there's the healthy side of that, and there's the other side, which is the carnal side of that. And a lot of times, people are really responding by putting themselves at the bottom and never meeting their own needs. And it looks spiritual, but really it is an act of the flesh. Mm. It is an act of the flesh that it just, because carnal things mimic true spirituality. And when we do these kinds of things, we're thinking that it looks like God, but it doesn't smell like God. And because it's not God, it is really another avenue that the enemy can deceive people uh, into believing that that was a really spiritual act. And they want some sort of accolade uh, for denying themselves. And no, <laughs> that I is did. really carnal. Unfortunately, it is carnal. Many times. Amen. Not all the time. Not all right. the time. There's a, yeah, yes. I think, you know, again, like you said earlier, it's not a one size fits all. There are times when we should deny ourselves, but the the greater honor is in 
being able to have our needs met so that we can uh, help other people, so that we can serve the people of God, so that we are able to meet our responsibilities because God gave us these needs and he, you know, gave us, you know, our physical bodies and our mental health and our spiritual health and he expects us to take care of ourselves. He doesn't expect us to neglect ourselves and deplete ourselves and give and give and give to everybody else that we have nothing left to give to him. And, you Absolutely. know, for many of us, Absolutely. falling into that, that trap, that, that that mistaken belief. And, uh, and I've totally... I, I think Dr. Rose... Sorry, Oh, go ahead. I think sometimes when we get into... The faith community, um, we, one of the things, you, you just want that spiritual identity. And if you're not careful, uh, I remember people <laughs> growing up, uh, I've, I've been called Jesus' uh, cousin. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> their perception was, oh, she's like super spiritual. And I mean, it was done in love, but I understood the physical point. But I right. never, one of the things I can truthfully say, I never allow people to put me on a false spiritual plateau. I like to mm-hmm. keep it real. I like to keep it honest. I like to keep, if if I'm off, I'm telling God I'm off today. I don't like the way I'm feeling. So you don't permit people to put you in these little false categories, and then you try to live up to some image that people have uh, designed for you. And I think that was that is one of the ways people can get into this selfish mode where they don't allow their needs to be met because they're trying to maintain the image that perhaps your church community has imposed on you and you're just going along with it. Oh, I, I totally agree with that, that image, that somehow you're more holy, you're more spiritual if you deny yourself. And how dare you put yourself first sometimes? That means you're not spiritual. Yeah. You're being And we need to expose that myth because many many a pastor, many a spiritual leader, you know, have succumbed to early deaths because they gave, they gave, they gave their lives for the church without taking care of their physical health, their mental health, their family. So I think that's a big one that we need to really expose and and encourage believers. If you love God, you know, you should love yourself as well. If you really want to serve God, you have to be in good physical shape, good mental health. So I think, you know, that's one that we have held on to and not quite gotten the freedom that it's okay to say no. It's okay to take care of your need first. Absolutely. So I think has really, you know, tripped us up if we need to you know, bring some truth to that particular belief. So I want to pause for a moment and uh, ask if there are any uh, callers who would like to ask a question or give a comment or maybe you've had some experiences that you can share with us to help our listeners um, understand how you were able to uh, 
get healed from some church hurt or some belief that uh, had been harmful. If you want to speak, you can hit one on your phone and you can come into the studio. Is there anyone who would like to make a comment or ask a question? Okay, let's see. Good evening. Welcome to Totally Whole. You're on the line. Pastor Cook. Yes. This is Brother Keith. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing, Brother Keith? I'm fine. I'm just fine. I was listening to your topic. I always enjoy your show. Um, I think one of the problems um, that we have to deal with in, in, um, in the church community is that a lot of times um, people are being taught half-truths or they're reading half things. So um when you when you put together a scripture you have to read the whole the whole scripture and and ask God to give you the wisdom and knowledge to understand the whole scripture. I mean you can say, um, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I can you know, and so everybody is is given a measure of faith. And you have to put all of those things, they have to jointly be fit together because that's how God meant them to be. Um, that that's what makes them work together for your good, but because they're um, they're partial they're partial pieces to a whole, um, then people mm-hmm. are not completely understanding the 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 thing that comes behind it. If you see what I'm saying, you know, right. yeah. I can yeah. I can I can I can speak a word into existence, but at the same time, I have to have enough faith to do that, and and with the faith, I have to have focus. Because you can't have faith without focus. God gave everybody a measure of faith, but without the focus, we lack um, in, in the promises of what God has for us. That's where we lose our 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 our, our point at, and that's why we don't understand when when you pray to God, something doesn't happen, and you say, "Well, I know I got all this faith, and I got all this faith, and I got all this faith." But where was your focus? Where was your focus and your faith working together? You know wow. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I like that absolutely, yeah, faith and focus, and reading the whole the whole scripture, not taking partializing it and just using half to support your view, but we have to really read the whole counsel of the gospel. Thank you so much, brother Keith. great point great comment, yes. Welcome to Tolly Hall. You're on the air. Hi, this is Pastor Fran. Welcome, Pastor. Fran. Hey. Hi, guys. I, I As I was listening, um, my mind goes back to um, teaching we just started at our um, fellowship. Um, there, as the young man said prior to um, the caller, um, there are words in the Word of God um, that does not mean a lot of times what we think they mean. So from our old perspective of what we have learned, um, a lot of people were damaged by um, that because they thought it was right. Because, again, they only taught us what they were taught. So what we got was passed down from generation to generation. So now we're in the season, we're in the hour where there has to be 
uh, more, like the guy said, more than the shouting, more than the singing, more than the dancing. You know, I love God, and I, I love that part of it. But when we come to the knowledge um, of who God really is and when we come to the um, knowledge that, as Rose said, that was one of my favorite words, that he is so much more vast, he's so much more bigger than what we give him credit for. When we understand, uh, we were taught last week that even our Bible has been stretched so that there is not, it is not even the original um, document um, that was what God breathed into man and man became. It has been handed down through generations according to um, the King James, according to um, other um, um, people that have given their voice to um, and perspective of what the word of God is. So you have your Greek, you have your Hebrew, and one word, one word in the Bible can change what it means. So we have, so we have been hurt. People have been hurt in church because they walk away um, from an old doctrine. They walk away from an old belief um, that um, that God is not real, but He's real. He's realer today than He was yesterday. But we have to understand in this season and this hour who He is. And our faith, faith produces action. You must have action. Your faith will only produce action in this season and this hour to get us to the next level, um, past the hurt, past the um, the not thinking that God didn't hear us. And I believe that God heard us, but, again, it is where our faith was. It is where our um, belief was because the Bible says that God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. So although it felt like he didn't hear us, he really did hear us, is according to where we were. It was according to faith how we um, grasped it and saw it and held on to it. And, again, it's only because of what we were taught. And that's it. You, can only, you can only take your faith to the level of what you've been taught. So yes. once now we're in this season, we're moving on because now it's very important that we're educated according to the word of God, and we must put that education to practice when it comes down to the things of God. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Good point. And, I, uh, you know, I, I really thank our, our two uh, callers for their comments, but I want us to just for the last couple moments that we have, you know, just say some words to help people get beyond their hurt to the point where they can embrace, you know, God again. They can uh, accept the church again. So one thing that I want to say that I'll let you, uh, Elder Corinne, close us out. One thing that was so important and what I'm hearing, you know, and those who call, that we have to know the voice of God and we have to know him for ourselves. You know, we have to read the word and God will give us, you know, our interpretation according to where we are and according to what we need. So, you know, there are voices that we hear and it sounds like God, but 
unless we study to show ourselves approved, we will miss it. We will even deny that voice that's inside of us. You know, God gives us a confirmation. He gives us revelation. But if we're not attuned to the voice of God, then we'll miss God and we'll listen to man. So there's mm. one thing that I want to say that allowed me, you know, to go through hurts, you know, church hurts, uh, you know, hurts in relationships, you know, hurts on jobs, you know, all kinds of hurts, but still emerge whole and intact is because through all of the hurts, it did not uh, silence the voice of God. Amen. And all, it helped me to be more confident. And the scripture that, that I want to stand on, that I'll let you, you know, take it from there, Ella Corinne, is uh, Romans 8, you know, starting at verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love? Mm-hmm. You know, in it talk about shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword. Then it skips down, nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers Mm. nor, nor things to come nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So what that said to me is that no matter what hurt I've gone through, that hurt couldn't separate me from the love of God. Hallelujah. Nothing. So my faith in him, my trust in him, is unshakable, you know, that none of these things can separate me from his love as long as I'm listening, as long as I'm trusting and believing in him, that he will bring me through. Oh, hallelujah. Stronger. My God. Glory to God. Amen. So, Elder Anderson, you have any? I, I think or... one of the things that, you know, with people, beliefs that hurt and beliefs that heal this whole topic tonight, I think that uh, what you started off with the Something to Savor article uh, regarding simple faith, I think uh, the acronym came to my mind when, when you were speaking. It says kiss. I'm going to change the last word, but okay. it says keep it simple, sweetie. That's what I'm saying. Keep it simple, sweetie. And I think we try to complicate faith, and we really need to keep it simple. Uh, and a lot of times the, the complication of faith comes as a result of man trying to uh, add in his own thoughts and ideologies, which complicates things and can kind of begin to control people and you keep your little group at a certain way and a certain mindset and so forth. But the freshness and the sweetness of our faith can be maintained when we keep it simple. 
God didn't come to make a faith so complicated that only people with high IQ can get it. You can have the person that has no education. You can have the person who has uh, whatever one of the highest IQs are, the PhDs and, and, and whatever. He doesn't care about that because he's a heart God. So when we come to him, it does not matter about what your successes are in the culture. When you keep your faith simple, you keep it clean, you keep it according to what his word is. And every healthy pastor, every healthy ministry will always point you to God, will always point you to know him deeper, to know him more intimately, to get to know his word. If a ministry is pointing you, your faith to them, to what they say, to what they're telling you to do, you need to run. I'm telling you that. I'm giving you permission to run. Every healthy ministry is always going to point you to Jesus. It's going to point you to the word of God. It's going to point you to getting a relationship, strengthening a relationship with the Lord. This is how we keep church hurts down. This is how we keep people healthy emotionally, uh, mentally, uh, spiritually, when we keep things simple and keep faith pure, because that's what God wants. He wants our faith to be pure. He wants us to, and the scripture that we were looking at um, from that article from Micah 6 and 8, it says, he has told you, O man, what is good, And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? That's simple faith. Nothing complicated. Well, when it begins to be uncomfortable to the point where you're wondering, can I really do this? Then somebody has implemented something that is, going to make the simple faith that God brings to us uh, become more complicated. Because Jesus said, take my yoke upon you, learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burdens are light. So when when it becomes something else, it's not God. I have another uh, listener. I'm going to invite that person in. Hello. Welcome to Holy Hole. Are you there? Hello. Good evening. This is Roberta. Good evening. Hello. Hello. I just want to. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Okay. I just want to piggyback on. You were talking about the church hurt, correct? Yes. Okay. Now, I'm going to speak on based on my own experience and what has happened to me and how I dealt with it. You must okay. learn how to forgive. You've got to forgive. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't forgive, you know, because you, God said you have to forgive one another. We've got to learn how to forgive one another. Sometimes, you know, at that particular time, you don't want to forgive. You're so full of hate and anger. But I said, Lord, I don't want nothing, nothing stop me from getting my blessing. Mm-hmm. So I had to actually forgive this person. I had to actually forgive this person, 
And as a matter of fact, I'm talking to this person. This person prays with me. We pray together. Amen. But I'm telling, you, I'm telling you, I know I got the Holy Ghost because we know the Holy Amen. Ghost is a comforter, and it leads and you guides you as long as you don't ignore it. And because we are human beings, we can sometimes ignore the voice of the Lord and the Holy Ghost. And I can truly say without a doubt that I have forgave this person. Now, I'm not going to be stupid. I'm going to be very careful. I'm not going to let people make me bitter. I'm going to make Amen. me better. Yeah, and I you. thank the Lord. I thank God. I thank God. So I'm telling you, you've got to forgive. It's not for yeah. them. It's for you. It's for you. Yeah. And I will let oh. nothing and nobody stop me from praising the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And, 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 and then I look at, I said, Lord, a lot of times, you know, we have other things in our lives, sickness. And I said, Lord, well, I forgave that person. But no, Roberta, it's not that God is punishing you. It's because he's going to get glory out of what you're going through. Amen. So we, yeah. we must learn how to forgive. I can say that I've been through it. It's not a, it's not a good feeling. But I'm telling you one thing, that it is for the, it's for your good. And so I can talk about that because it was for my good. I can talk about and tell you what you can do to overcome, to, uh, to, to, to forgive a person that hurt you. And, yes, this person was a, a, a born-again Christian, and they, and they hurt me. But guess what? I'm still blessed. I'm still Amen. here. Amen. I can say more. I can go on, on, and on, and on. I don't. Ha- I don't know how long this, this, uh, this, this lasts. But I can okay. go on and on and on. But I'm just telling <laughs> you, got to forgive. The key is you got to forgive. Yes. Thank you. That's an excellent point because anybody who's ever been hurt, we recognize how hard it can be to forgive the person that hurt us. You know, we just oh, have yeah. to keep it. We know the scripture that says forgive, but when we're hurting, it's hard to automatically yes, forgive. It yes, it is. It's a process, process and, yes. you know, only God can help us to forgive. Amen. And so I'm so glad that you and Roberta called to bring bring out that point. Amen. Wonderful. And, you know, and the, the, the thing about it is that once we're on the other side of the hurt, once we give, you know, it helps us, you know, to, to empathize with other people who've been hurt. Amen. Amen. To be able to empathize with someone who is in uh, pain and who's walking in unforgiveness you know, we can help to minister to them and help them to get to that other side of forgiveness and freedom. Amen. Unforgiveness, Amen. like taking up uh, deadly poison, but expecting the other person to die. Mm-hmm. That's unforgiveness. Forgiveness. So it, uh, forgiveness, it really is for us. So I'm glad that uh, Roberta called to make that point. 
So we just want to close here and, you know, thank God for our listeners, you know, those who have endured a church hurts, those who might be currently hurting, uh, you know, those who have come on the other side and, you know, were able to, to give you some godly counsel, you know, because we've been there. But God, you know, he wants to have abundantly, you know, and when you are hurting, when you're walking, you know, in some type of uh, mistaken belief, beliefs that hurt, then you're not able to walk and live the abundant life. But God, he invites us to come to him, you know, give our hurts, give our pain to him and watch him, you know, change us and shape us and to renew our mind. He said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So we just wanted to close out, you know, with a prayer and uh, pray that God would just minister to you through this program that he might lead and direct you to to resources that you might be able to get uh, healing. So let us pray. Father, we thank you and we praise you. We come before you on thanking you for your grace and your mercy and for your loving kindness. God, I pray for everyone who's listening, those who are hurting even now. God, you said that we could cast our cares upon you because you care for us. So we ask you, God, to speak to uh, that heart that's hurting, God, and begin to mold and shape them, God, and begin to pour the salve of your healing oil upon them, God. We ask you even now to open up that they might hear you, God. Open up their eyes that they might have clarity, O oh God. We pray that you would give them uh, understanding, God, that you might help them to you through all of this, God, that they will never lose sight of you and your love, God, and just uh, the reality of who you are. So we pray, God, that you would just lead, God, and direct them to uh, green pastures, God, lead them beside still waters, God, that they might hear, that you might be able to help them to know that there is a bomb in Gilead. So we just thank you healing that's taking place, God, for the minds that are being renewed, oh God, for the chains that are being uh, destroyed, the yokes of bondage, God, that are being destroyed even now, that your people might walk in truth, that they might come to know you uh, in the way that you desire to be known. The word says you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So we thank you and we pray this in the mighty match, the saving name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. Amen. So we want to just, you know, invite our listeners to tune in every Monday evening from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, every other week, uh, Reverend Dr. Maxine Thomas, she comes on the program with We Are One Woman uh, Ministry dealing specifically with the issues that we as women face. And then every other week, Totally Whole will present a topic, Integrating Spirituality and Mental Health. If you know of someone who might need uh, one-on-one counseling, feel free to give us a call at 410-728-1800, where we provide pastoral counseling at 1701 Madison Avenue. 
So God doesn't just want us healed, but he wants us to be whole as well. Nothing missing and nothing broken. And we want to thank Elder Kerman Anderson for being our featured guest. Thank God for her wisdom, for her insight, for the revelation knowledge that she has shared with us. So Elder Anderson, I don't know if you uh, have any information you'd like to share, if uh, people would like to get in touch with you, if they'd like to hear a little bit more about uh, the work that, that you're doing in Colorado. Is there a way for uh, people to reach you? Welcome to take over your show. And if you could transfer those numbers to me, that would be great. Okay, certainly. Uh, those who would like to get in contact with her, you can contact me, and then I can uh, share and pass on the information. So thank you once again for listening, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you again on next week from 7 to 8 p.m. So have a blessed week in the Lord. And remember that God uh, loves you, love you with the love of the Lord. So tune in for the 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 promo, the Family Healing Circle promo. Good night and God bless you. Welcome to the Family Healing Circle, where we inspire awareness, manifesting, motivating, and educating every day. On Sundays, it's Make Me Feel It Radio with Stacy Ferguson. This show is starting a movement as it seeks to inspire people to grow and change the world through personal and financial development. On Mondays is Totally Whole with Pastor Cook and Dr. Maxine. This show addresses issues related to spirituality and mental health. On Tuesdays, it's Money Matters with Chastity A. Wells. This show will help you get your money right and your financial house in order. On Wednesdays, it's the RN Perspective with our own RN, Stacey Lamore. Change the way you think about health by understanding the connection you have with all things and how your habits affect your health. Learn to heal holistically. On Thursdays, it's four weeks, four different shows. Five weeks, five different shows. The first Thursday of the month is Total Empowerment, where beauty and strength is enhanced inside and out with Angela Hardy. The second Thursday of the month is One Love, One Connection, One Us. Turn your relationship into a spiritual union with Reverend Arlene Cahet and Reverend Harvey L. Bailey. The third Thursday of the month is the Sacred Masculine Show with Reverend Jamel Gilliam, a show for spiritual brothers and the women who love them. The fourth Thursday of the month is the Inner Consciousness with Reverend Harvey L. Bailey. This show explores the inner world of our mind and gives advice on spiritual growth and self-healing. The fifth Thursday of the month is Healing Paradigm with Reverend Arlene Cahat, healing the mind, body, and spirit through changing viewpoints. On Fridays, it's Let's Talk Love, Sex, and Nutrition. It's sexual health and fitness like you've never heard it before with Vondria Walters and Zakia Lana. The Family Healing Circle on Blog Talk Radio, 7 to 9 p.m. every day. And now you can subscribe to our YouTube channel at Family Healing Circle Media. Family Healing Circle, healing the mind, body, and soul.